if you want to go down to the stream to get some fish, but you don't have a pole or a string or a smaller fish, we'll grab that darn axe and you'll be all set. You'll be eating fish. It's axe fishing. Hello and welcome back to Axe Fishing Podcast Evolved, where three of us are replaying our way through all of the Halo games in anticipation for Halo Infinite. I am your newest Spartan to the group, Dave. I am your armor-locking noob, Blaine. And I am your game-slash-series-ruining sprint, Andrew. <laughs> so we just finished up the, the first three Halo games. Uh, I guess we also had an ODST, and now three we're and into three and a half. <laughs> and we're on to, I guess, the first... I guess what would you call it? Full expansion off of the the trilogy, and we started Halo Reach, uh, which is a great game uh, in my opinion. I think it's it's a fantastic kind of step away from it. Um, but we before we get going into the missions, um, what do you guys first thoughts on Reach, or you know what was going on uh, when this came out a little while ago? Boy, well, um, it was, it is the last Halo game that Bungie made. So I think it was sort of their like final hurrah. Like, let's leave it all on the, leave it all on the field, hundred and ten percent. I think you're gonna say it was the last Halo game that was good. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, mean, we'll find out, won't we? We'll find out. <laughs> My, as memory serves, yes, it is the it is the last <laughs> Halo game that I enjoyed. No, I think like the the presentation value on this game is like oh, it's so jarring to go from ODST to this one because it's like oh well, I can see what they're doing with ODST, limited time, just reusing a lot of the same stuff, and then you go to this one and it's just like, wow, this this game looks awesome, and everyone's talking and there's like actual characters and it's pretty cool. Yeah, and I I definitely liked it too because it's Halo Reach, so it's literally follows the first book, um, again, which came out before Halo did somehow, um, and mm-hmm. so that's a book I read, and so like I I had a good idea of kind of everything going on around this, uh, and so I was definitely excited for this game when it came out, just because yeah I knew I had read the books, you know that kind of a thing, you understand the background of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, now I, I wish I would read the book because I haven't. So right when it came out, I didn't really know what to expect. Obviously, you kind of, you know, I, having played through the first three and just knowing about Halo, you get an idea of, you know, the general kind of what it reaches about. But hmm. it's just, I just remember I was real excited about it and then it just delivered because, yeah, it looks great. Right when you meet, like, the team and, like you said, there's actual characters. Yeah, I don't know, it just kind of sucks you right in. You know, and it had been you know a couple of years since Halo Three had come out, and so you're kind of ready for the new story, and you're excited because you know it's not Master Chief. Um, it just kind of hooks you right away, and yeah, I remember this one being uh, really good, a lot of fun. So I'm doing a little bit of 2010 research. So this game came out September 14th, 2010. Ooh, just looking at just looking at movies and songs, uh, movies that came out in 2010. We have Inception. Uh, um, 127 hours, uh, inside job. That one was awesome. Yeah. Um, wait, is inside job the, 
Denzel Washington. Mm, see, is it? And Clive Owen. Or is that inside, inside man? man? That's inside man. Yeah, boo, inside job, boo, who cares? I don't know what inside job is. <laughs> uh, oh, the Tron Legacy movie came out. I remember being disappointed by that, kind of. <laughs> I was disappointed by the 3D. Uh, Book of Eli. Oh, Harry man. Potter and Deathly Hallows Part 1. Yeah. Frozen. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, The Last Airbender. The shitty Avatar <laughs> movie. Toy Story 3. That was a good-ass movie. Which one? Toy Story 3. We should talk about Toy Story 3. Okay. It's the best Toy Story. Uh, The Tooth Fairy starring so Dwayne the Rock Jackson. I cried. Mm-hmm. Right. during the Tooth Fairy during Toy Story. So, 2010 songs. Uh, Eminem released a new album. So we've got Love the Way You Lie with Rihanna and Not Afraid. Those are top, top songs. We got OMG by Usher. Just a classic dance tune. Let It Go off the movie Frozen. Oh, yeah. Fantastic dance tune also. They actually played it in clubs uh-huh. when I was in college. Yeah. Uh, like a G6 by the Far East Movement. Yeah, that's a song I forgot about. <laughs> California Girls by Katy Perry. That was my jam. Oh, yeah. I like it by Enrique. What of the games came out in 2010? Mass Effect 2. The original Blops came out, I think. This is the original one. Super Mario Galaxy 2. Halo Reach. Well, obviously Halo Reach, but... (laughs) Bioshock 2. Limbo. Kind of one of the weakest years, as far as I can tell. StarCraft 2 came out. Well, okay. Fallout New Vegas came out. Just cause two. Two. <laughs> Super Meat Boy, God of War Three, the uh, Dark Siders. Dark He was just waiting. He was keeping those sandbagging those that were until you said all oh, these games aren't bad. And he goes, "Gotcha, bitch." Yeah, Fable Three. <laughs> I didn't play like any of these. The Toy Story Three game. I'll bet that was awesome. I feel like you could argue that Halo Reach is one of the best on that list. You know, yeah. I haven't played any of the other ones, but... Red Dead Redemption is game GameSpot's 2010 Game of the Year. That was fun. So, there you have it. Overrated. Alright. <laughs> so, so, Halo Reach. When, let's, uh, let's jump in. We, uh, we played the first three missions, like three with asterisk four, because uh, mm-hmm. the first one is just a cut scene. Um, but yeah, let's get let's get going to the, the first cut scene, uh, mission slash cut scene, Noble Actual. Sure. So you start the game and you get a view of the entire planet of Reach. Uh, what's interesting is that it's it's been glassed by the Covenant already. So you're basically seeing the aftermath of when the Covenant um, found Reach and what they've done to it. And glass is basically just what the Covenant do to a planet. They fire their, like, their plasma cannons on it and turn the, the ground into basically glass. So it's just a way for them to you know wipe all living life out, out on a planet. So you get kind of like weird uh, you know camera shots of like different parts of the planet that have been glassed. Uh, and then it sort of pans down to the ground, and there's a uh, a Spartan helmet lying on the ground, and the face shield is cracked. 
and then um, the screen fades to white, and then it says "reach" in big letters. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it does. Yeah, and then when it kind of when that fades away, you're it shows the same helmet, but now it's brand spanking new, um, and it's in your character's hands. Um, unnamed Spartan. Uh, this Spartan is in a warthog, and he's zooming uh, to a UNSC outpost. And he's got like helicopters flanking him, and he's in his warthog. And he hops out of his warthog, and he starts walking into this command center. Did you guys see the the problem with the warthog that it was like weighed down by Noble Six's massive balls? I did. Yeah. I didn't see that. You did. You didn't. Did you? So I mean, that's a, a subtle detail they put in because Noble Six is so cool in this game. Yeah, you can you can see him. That's actually where the uh, truck nuts came from. Yeah, they they were invented in 2010. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he get he gets out of his warthog and he starts walking up to the the command center. And as he's doing it, his nuts, but yeah, he, he threw him over his shoulder. Uh, and he says, "Coming through, big big payload, wide load, everybody." Um, and as he's walking to the command center, you can hear a a person or a couple of people having a conversation. Um, and it's this Colonel, um, Colonel Holland, who must run the UNSC stuff out of reach. Um, and he's talking to the leader of the Spartan group. I don't know why they call him Noble Team, but anyway. Um, and he's, he's, he's telling the, the, the leader of the Spartans that uh, there was this, this comms relay contact with it was lost last night. And... They sent some fire teams out to, you know, see what what happened, but uh, they haven't heard back, so they're declared MIA. Um, so now they're going to send the uh, this team of Spartans to go check it out. As as you're, you're hearing this conversation, the camera pans to a bunch of other Spartans. So this is like the first time you get to see other Spartans in a game, a Halo game. So you've got. Like the main dude, his name is Carter. He's just like a generic white guy. Um, he's like the Tom Cruise of the group. Just white bread playing. He's the captain. He's the captain, Captain Carter. Tom Cruise is actually a really good description. Yeah, yeah it really is. And then you've got uh, June, who is the sniper man, and he's cool because he's got like ghillie suit stuff. Like yeah. netting and, and weird things attached to his armor. So this is the other thing is is like the first time you see that like Spartans customize their armor to suit their specializations or whatever. So June is like sitting in a uh, like the like a side seat of a helicopter, just like loading his sniper rifle, which is kind of interesting. So you could tell, okay, that's the sniper man, and then. Um, you see uh, Emil, who has a like skull scratched into the faceplate of his uh, of his helmet, and he's got this giant uh, knife that he's just like sharpening against his armor. I liked when him and Noble Six slap balls together because they both have huge balls. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can tell um, he's. There's gonna be a, a like a challenge. They're gonna butt balls, I guess. <laughs> They're gonna slap their balls together to see who's got the bigger balls. He's got a, he's got a shotgun resting on him too. Very yeah. clearly, like a close quarters guy. 
Yep, yeah. this is yeah, this guy fucks. Yeah, he does. So, so then uh as you as your guy tries to go into the building, a like robot arm shoots out of nowhere. Yeah. So that's Cat. Um she's like the the Russian sounding or maybe like French. I can't tell. I don't know why these people have accents because I was gonna ask you guys about that. Like what's yeah, why why do they have accents? They were all Spartan like trainees from like when they were ten or younger. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, no doubt they would have some sort of accent, but like as part of the same group and growing up together for 10, 15 years, you would think their accents would all just kind of blend into one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they, yeah. maybe they weren't in the same group right away. You know, maybe they trained in different areas and then got put together as a team afterward. Dave, Dave hasn't read the books. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> well, well, my explanation makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's the the they're Ugh. taken as children. Like it's a really suspect program, really. Um, right. And I don't know we I don't know why we haven't got into the Spartan program. Um, but like literally, they just abducted children, like based on what biological scans uh, that like schools would take of the kids, and it's like you know these humans are the top point zero 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 one percent of humans. Like they're gonna be absolute you know freak humans um some absolute units absolute units the balls and all that and basically just abduct them replace them with clones that are destined to die within a year or so yeah Um, the the space cia would do this yeah i I didn't know the clone part oh Yeah. yeah yep and so then yeah these group of kids were all trained together um and then after a couple of years of training, then they got like physical augmentations and only 30% of those, I don't know, some percent, that's a made up percent, but like a small percentage of those actually made it out of those augmentations. And then even a further few got into armor and like actually did missions and stuff. So it's like Spartans are literally just, you know, it's uh play on the, oh, why can't I think of the, the old Macedonian, not Macedonians. Greek? Greek, I don't know, Sparta, yeah, 300 movie, like, where they just picked the best of the best to become their troops, and that's what they did, like, that's oh. what Spartans are, yeah. I Was there only one of those facilities that they made them, though? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but they, they eventually did do different iterations of them, but I think, like, this group probably would have been all together. I could be wrong. I guess my thought was there was multiple... I yeah. have there's multiple Spartan locations. And that would maybe explain the accents, but maybe not. No, these are all... I mean, they they abducted kids from multiple planets and things like that, so it's possible that, like... They'd already developed an accent? you think it would go away, though. Yeah. Regardless, they all have accents. It's hard to pinpoint what kind of exact accent it is. Yeah, Andrew spent, like, two weeks in Britain, and he came back with an accent, so... I did. <laughs> But that was fun. So, uh, yeah, uh, these are so. Yeah, that, I mean, these are like Spartan two. So, the, Master Chief would have been one of these types of Spartans. So he would have trained and whatnot with these guys. Anyway, so Cat, she's got the robot arm. She's basically like the number two. She's right? like, yeah, she's really like paranoid about things. 
Um, but she's like the tech person in the group. And then you see George, um, who is standing next to Carter, who's the leader. And George is just like the big man in yeah. the group. He's literally like a foot taller than Carter. And I'm sure Carter himself is seven foot. Yeah. You know. When's like twice as wide, too. Right. He's a brick shit house. Yep. I'm going to guess he's like, the, he's like the, oh yeah, he's got a giant, like, he carries a turret around basically yeah, with him. He's a minigun. Yeah. And he kind of has like satchel charges or like sapper charges kind of all over his body and he just has a whole bunch of armor and just, yeah. just the bulkiest dude. Yeah, he's a beefy boy. That's where he stores his nuts. Uh, but yeah, he's got tiny, tiny nuts actually. Yeah, but lots has. of them. Yeah, <laughs> they're <laughs> all over. <laughs> <laughs> I like this guy. Yeah, George is nice. <laughs> I like all of them, honestly. Like all mm-hmm. of them, they just—they're all cool. Even in that relatively short cutscene where you don't really get into who they are yet, you're like, man, this is these guys are badass. It's a badass group of dudes. Right. Well, they—they they accomplished um, just by giving them unique armor um, and a little bit of like personality in their dialogue. You feel like you get a sense of like okay, this is this guy um, more so than like Master Chief in any of the yeah. games. Oh yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> Master Chief is a little bit of just a blank slate of right. You know. He's just he's just the cipher for the player, mm-hmm. and that's like what your character. is. So like Noble yeah. Six, they don't even he doesn't even have like a name, right. and no. so like they they kind of like wave that away um, by by you know Emil asks. Like, hey, cat, did you read this person's file? Uh, only the parts that weren't covered in black ink. So, like, okay, so... And then there's some throwaway lines that are like, oh, hey, um, you're number six on the team. You don't know who what happened, because you're, like, replacing a Spartan. So you don't know what happened there. Um, but they're like, we're glad to have you on the team, because you got, you got good skill set. Uh, but... You don't get to do that lone wolf stuff. Okay, so like somehow your guy who doesn't have a name, uh, but is well known enough to be like, oh, this guy, this guy fucking rocks. Uh, he's, uh, you know, the big nuts. You could tell. <laughs> I didn't take it as well known, except with the redacted stuff. I thought it was a lot more like black opsy. Like no one knows who this dude is, except for the few people that get to read his file. And then yeah, if you look at it, then you're like, Ooh. oh. Ooh, that explains the giant set of balls. <laughs> yeah, those those aren't beanbag chairs. Yeah. Anyway, it, long story <laughs> short, you meet the team. You overhear that your mission is to go investigate a comms uh, s- satellite that's down. They suspect um, it's a local insurrection. You hop in your helicopter and away you go. Yeah, and that, br- and that brings us to uh, the first actual mission: uh, winter contingency. So yeah, it starts in. We're flying in your helicopter. You kind of you're looking for the distress beacon. You circle a little area. Um, what I like right away before you even get on the ground is it. It feels like a human planet. Like it feels like Earth. You know you're not on Earth, but the buildings feel very human. I don't know if you guys thought that too, but it felt it felt kind of like Earth, especially the building structures. It felt yeah. very 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 human which they I they felt lived in like there yeah. were just there was just kind of stuff on the ground and 
yeah, it seems like this would be a place, yeah, people, humans would have lived. Yeah. Well, you're, you're walking through, like, uh, terraced um, fields, crop fields, to get to these buildings, and they're, like, wind turbines and roads and things like that. Yeah. So, like, oh, yeah, people live here, and they, like, they drive on the road. And one of the fun things is, like, you can find forklifts so you can just get in and drive around. Yeah. Just for no other reason than like, yeah, why wouldn't you be able to drive a forklift? Yep. I was going to say, I really like how they did that with the forklifts and then the, um, well, later I guess we'll get to it, but one of the other vehicles where it's just like a work kind of flatbed thing. And it's not a military vehicle at all, but you can still drive it. And it, yeah, it's exactly that. It makes sense. Like, yeah, of course you would be able to, and they would like to maybe not the forklift, but you know, if they need to get somewhere, why wouldn't they take this? Even though it's not a military vehicle. Um, right. But yeah, so yeah, you, you land in the fields, you're looking for the distress beacon. I mean, not a whole lot right away, right? You, you find the distress beacon. Doesn't look good. Cause did you shoot any of the space ostriches? I almost did. I did not shoot any space ostriches. I punched like two of them. <laughs> yeah, I shot them. <laughs> I almost did because they scared me. Yeah, then you you come across a another settlement, and there's some settlers there, and so you start talking to them about what what's going on, and they're pretty nervous. Um, your team is kind of suspect of them because you you know you still think it's something you know kind of like that, like a small group like that that kind of took out this these troopers. And then right away, then is that when you see you see a covenant ship, right? Or do they say covenant? They tell you that one of their um, their people got injured by something, but they don't know what. Right. So they they send you out to look. You learn how to like sprint for the first time, which is cool. So you you get like your Spartan armor abilities. So you start out with sprint. You get you learn about your night vision. So hey, night vision's back. Don't didn't hear you guys complain about that in this game. <laughs> he has bitched and moaned about it all through ODST. We complained about it. Uh huh. After the farmers, then they they find the bodies. They they got military casualties. The two missing troopers. Looks like they were interrogated, and it's messy. And then you're looking at your motion trackers, not seeing anything, and then um you see uh, some skirmishers and that's when they kind of yell that, Oh shit, the covenants here. And it really takes you back. Cause like, they're not supposed to be there. So this is a, uh, this is not great that the covenant has shown up. So yeah, you kind of spend the next part. You're just kind of working toward down the Valley, right? Toward the covenant troops are taking out little parties. I don't know about you guys, but right away, this game ramped up the difficulty. Yeah, this was hard. The very, very first fight. I don't know if I I think I did die, but I was like, man, it, it was it feels really good. The guns feel really good there. They do feel significantly different, but it was it was a lot harder right from the jump. I don't know if you guys had that or not, too. But yeah, no, I, I definitely felt it was a lot harder. Um, but I feel like to me, it was the the weapon ammo was like the bigger problem. Um, like I ran out of assault rifle and battle rifle and, you know, whatever 
things I were I was picking up. I never. I always seemed like I was running out mm. of of ammo. I would always die really fast, so I would never run out of ammo. But if if I I would I would lose fast was my yeah. problem. Yeah, that was more my problem too. If I if I did die, it didn't take long. Mm-hmm. I found that I was very my shields were going away very quickly, and I was having to you know, hide to stop my health from ticking down too. Because the other thing they add back in this is, is health packs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you, you take out the first team. There was new uh, aliens. Oh yeah. The, the, the skirmishers. Mm-hmm. They're like big beefy jackals, right? Yeah. They don't have shields. No, they don't have shields, but they are a lot more tough. They're, they're faster. Yeah. They yeah. run around a lot. They are hard. They're they're cool. They're a good bad guy, but they are they are difficult. Are they actually different than jackals, or are they just jackals without shields and run fast? Well, Blaine, I think they're bigger, aren't they? They're called uh, the Tavauans. They're a subspecies of Kig Yar, hailing from an asteroid colony of Tavau. So, oh, of course. How how could I have been so stupid? Yeah. So it is the same, but. Just a different species of. Yeah. Anyway. Eight. They're just like the new bird bird people. Sure. Yeah. They're more bird than lizard. I'd say jackals are like lizardy. Yeah. Compared to these guys. Yeah. It's like, yeah. They took a jackal. They made it just overall twenty percent bigger, and then added kind of feathers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They're cool though. I like them. They're actually, even though they're they're a lot harder, they're less annoying than jackals because they don't have the stupid shield to get in the way. Mm-hmm. How come I never knew they were actually different? I honestly thought they were just jackals without shields that could use carbines and shit. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I just remember being called skirmishers, and since that was different than jackals, I just assumed they were different. But yeah, so you take out the first group, um, and then you're. Notice that there's more uh, hostile activity to the northwest, so you kind of split up. Um, Carter says to Emil, you're with Cat and Six, and he'll run interface in the ground. Or no, you're with Cat, and then Six and I will run interface. So you, Carter, and George hop on the uh, in a flatbed truck uh, that we were talking about earlier, just a civilian flatbed truck. And I really like this because George, as the beefy boy, just sits in the flatbed and essentially becomes the warthog turret, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is pretty cool. So yeah, then you start you start driving around uh, in your truck. Did you guys run over the ostriches because they ran like right right in the way? I was really trying not to kill them, but they ran right in front of me. They just mowed over two of them. Yep, I, I killed them all. Couldn't be helped. <laughs> But yeah, so you just kind of drive around. Uh, you find a building uh, with Covenant inside. You clear it out. Get back in the car. or I don't even know if you need to get out of the car. I did. But get back in it. Move to the next location. Clear the that area of the Covenant. Um, then you pick up a another distress signal. And the next area you come across, there's actually troopers that are um, kind of hunkered down and, and battling the Covenant. As more um, come to drop ships or you know, adding more enemies to the fight, so you you jump in and kind of assist the troopers that were probably not going to end very well if if you didn't show up. 
I died a lot here. I don't know. I kept getting separated. I was trying to like flank, and then I re- I realized you can't really because really one way that they would come in. But I two times in a row I essentially just separated myself from everyone and then got mowed down. Um, the the drop ships in this game are especially lethal. Yeah, they, they hit hard. Like I swear they can just about one shot you if they do like a direct hit on you. Mm-hmm. They they have like. A what like the concussion? There's a new like Covenant concussion gun or whatever. It's basically just a brute shot, but it shoots a little ball of plasma. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the dropship shoots something very similar to that. And it, even when the elites use the con- the concussion gun, I'm pretty sure it can one shot you with a direct hit. So it sure feels like it can. If it's not one shot, it it's you know two in quick succession because it it feels very immediate. But yeah, so yeah, you, you defend the, the area with the troops, kind of save the troopers uh, after a couple, I want to say there's at least two waves that come through. Um, after you, you clear it out, you kind of call in a, a team and Falcons come in, and the, the troopers evac. Uh, and then you find out that the rest of your team, Kat and Emil, are at a relay outpost and the door is locked. Um, so she's going to start, you know, kind of, uh, cutting her way in, but it's going to take some time. And so you're like, okay, we're, we're on our way. You guys keep working on that. Um, so you approach the outpost, they're pinned down, you know, cat's still trying to cut in. Um, and they've kind of taken a defensive position, but there's a lot of covenant outside. So you kind of fight your way through a ring of covenant to get to them, which I I think that was really cool because it's, while you're fighting and you get a sense that you are, the farther you push in, the more surrounded you are, mm-hmm. which it just kind of heightens the, the tension, right? Because normally you're pushing to surround and not become surrounded. And it, this is, this is one of the, in, in any of these Halo games, I think it's one of the first fights where you can't win. Um, right. Because yep. you you every you you kill a wave and then they just drop more people in. And you yep. kill that wave and then they drop more people in, right. uh, and it's just more and more and more and it escalates. So it like it definitely sets the tone of like futility for this game. Yep, it is one of the first times that I felt like overwhelmed while playing uh, one of the you know the campaign. Yeah, but even like the first time you play it, where you don't know for sure that you know, the waves won't stop. Mm-hmm. It feels that way. Because you just can't make any headway. You take out one and then three more fill their spot. And it, it, has, it, it does a very good job of <laughs> letting you know without you knowing, like, officially, you can't win this fight. Well, I mean, they, they set that right up, like, the, like the first 10 seconds of that opening well, yeah. thing is the glass planet. So, like, uh-oh. Yeah, well, and that's yeah, that's I guess that's what I mean. It's it's, it's adding to that, right? Like, because mm-hmm. if you if you know if you read the books or really know much about Reach, you know how this is gonna go. That game tells you that in the first five seconds, this is what we're moving towards. Um, literally, when it pans from the cracked helmet in the ground, you know, straight to brand new going on your guy's head, you're like, oh well, <laughs> I wonder what happens to him. Right. <laughs> But yeah, then this it just right away. I thought it was cool how they kind of added to that. Um, but yeah, the 
Cad is able to cut in, and so the door, um, you kind of fall back in the bunker, and the door slowly starts closing. I thought this was really cool because this door is moving very slow, and there's just waves and waves of coming. are still shooting in, and you still have to, like right away you think, okay, mission's over, but you have to just keep shooting and shooting and shooting, and f- or I guess you could hunker down probably, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, as this as this door closes, and then you're finally finally safe. So there, you're. Once you're in there, you're looking for a control room. Cat's um, trying to get uh, relay back online so they can communicate with the team. Let them know, you know, if the the covenants here and shit's real bad. Is this when I'm trying to remember? Is this where they find the the people? Yeah, they turn the night vision, mm-hmm. and you find a body. Okay, yeah, you find a body. It looks like a, kind of like a scientist, and you get his ID badge. Oh, his condition is irreversible. His condition is very, very irreversible. <laughs> and then, yeah, they the controls come uh, has plasma damage on it, and then you're kind of looking around, and George finds uh, he's got a live one over here. He drinks out a young uh, female citizen who's struggling to escape, and he, she's speaking to him in a language that you don't understand. Apparently, it's Hungarian. Yeah, apparently, that's kind of cool. This is where you get George's kind of classic big man in the group, right? He's the big guy, but he's also kind of the softy. So he's like, you know, trying to calm her down, let her know it's going to be okay. Um, you kind of get a little glimpse into who he is more, just the way he's treating her. You know, he doesn't he doesn't act like you would assume military personnel and like big, tough people would do, you know. He kind of has a heart right away. Yeah, right then, two elites. Um, invisible elites. Invisible elites appear. They ignite their sword and slash at them. So you're engaged um, with the two elites. One of them you take out, and the other one gets away. And then you and George, right? You and George go and mm-hmm. pursue. Yep. It's a cool, like, first-person cutscene where, like, the elite jumps on you and your dude like punches him in the face and you know, there and he like roars in your, in your face and all this. It's, it's pretty, pretty cool. And then they like grab the girl or whoever hostage and are like backing out of the room with like a gun pointed at you. And then they, they run out up the door and then Carter's like, all right, George and six, you guys Go chase after him. So then George like freaking lugs his giant turret out there, and you follow behind. And then George just shuts the door behind you, and now you're like you're chasing after these elites with swords in the dark when you've been cut off from the rest of your team. It's very cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. very very cool. But yeah, see, so you kind of you run with George down. Um, through the dark, a couple different squads um, covenant that you fight through, and then you get to this room with kind of like a, a landing up top, and then you go down a ramp, and there's a, a larger area where you actually run into the elite with the sword. I died, I don't even know, ten times here. I could not figure out how to get this guy, because he would just run at me, and I would shoot him, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him, and then he would cut me down. <laughs> and then... I'm like, okay, I'm going to try the shotgun. I wait, he gets a little closer. I put like one round. The shotgun also shoots pretty slow. Yeah. Yep. 
and that didn't work. And I don't remember how I ended up getting this guy, but this was hard. I really struggled with this, the very first Sword Elite, which makes me nervous for the rest of the game. But uh, <laughs> did, you, did you guys run into a similar issue here? Uh, I think I did once to him. Um, I definitely had the shotgun, mm-hmm. but I think I, the first time like he snuck up on me, <laughs> I feel oh, yeah. like I should have seen him. But all of a sudden, I just got a sword in the back. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. There's that guy in here. And then the second time, um, it was kind of like yeah, like you're saying with the shotgun, it shoots kind of slow, and so I shot him, and it's like, oh, he still has his shield. And I shot him again. He still has his shield. And so then I did like the panics, you know, jumping and started like jumping on boxes and running away. And I think I kited him around and eventually gunned him down. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was not easy. <laughs> I couldn't do the jumping on box thing. I would try and like, it just felt like my reaction was just too slow. So even if I would try and like strafe or jump, it didn't matter. He would just run straight into me and just cut me down. Like, what the heck? could not figure out how to move around this guy. I think I used plasma grenade. I, I did not struggle with the sword elite. It was the, the second elite that had uh, the concussion gun, concussion rifle that really fucked me up. I think I died like three times to that dude. Yeah, I didn't have a problem. I think I stuck him with the plasma grenade, which was lucky because I was pretty done <laughs> with this mission at that point after the sword guy. But... Yeah, I mean, it, it was very difficult for me, anyway, but um, this is, I think, the, where you get the first time you can change your power-ups, right? Because you had, or your utility, because you've had sprint this whole time. Yeah. And then if you drop down, there's an area where, is it the... I think it's the armor lock. Yeah, the armor lock. But yeah, so you, you end up taking out the zealot, um, I guess, which is important. So both the, the elites were zealot class, which is... I believe like one of the top ones, right? They're the the big big bads. Yeah, they're the. I think they're the biggest baddest. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Um, but you take him out. Cat um, tells you she needs to reset a junction, uh, which you do. Then you go back over. Cat starts working on the access panel, and you know you're you're kind of talking about how long it's going to take and what's going on and. George is continuing to try and talk to the the girl that you found, and you find out her name, uh, Sarah. This again, you kind of dig into you know George's soft heart and how he's trying to calm her down. Um, looking at the body that was on the floor, you find out that it was her father. You know, George apologizes, and right after that, Emil kind of shows who he is, and he's a big man, forgets what he is sometimes, and George kind of strains up. It's like, hey, man, she lost her father. You know, she's going to need a full psychiatric workup. Him and Emil kind of get into it a little bit, and Carter shuts it down. And yeah, you you get a... Cat's able to patch a signal through, and Carter talks to Colonel Urban Holland um, and lets him know that the Covenant are on reach. And they said, affirmative, it's the winter contingency. Covenant is on reach. And the last line of the mission is, may God help us all from Holland. And it fades to black. And that's the game. And that's the whole thing. Do you guys know what the winter contingency means? Isn't I think I read up on it. That's like uh, UNSC's oh shit button of the Covenant have found us here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what it, it exactly entails, I guess, but that's their contingency. Yeah, I don't know exactly what all goes into that. But yeah, it's the... Well, it's kind of like a... 
doesn't it kind of mean like the covenant's here and like we got to kind of evacuate kind of deal or are we not to that point yet um i think it's like similar to like the cold protocol where um they have to well i guess maybe that's maybe it's two different things because the cold protocol is like they have to blow up everything and like wipe hard drives in case um the covenant find any human tech because they don't want to lead them back to earth so i i don't know how the winter contingency is any different than that right it's it, it seems like it's kind of the same deal right like hey the covenant's here we can't let them you know find out earth's location and information and you know that kind of stuff right but yeah great start to the game it's uh intense right away everything is kind of going bad right away uh, but yeah that's that's the first level and then on to the next mission called Oni Sword Base, where it starts out with a cutscene uh, where the you're in a bunch of falcons, you pass a large island, and there's a, a Covenant Corvette kind of off in the distance. Like, it come, peeks its head around a cliff or rock, and you go, oh, crap, we're in trouble. And basically, the point of this mission is uh, the Oni Sword Base is a... a data center um or it has like a lot of sensitive information there um and so they're aware of this corvette class uh the like the mac cannons um but they're afraid to shoot it because of sword base being so close so the the point of this mission is you and cat are supposed to uh supply ground support um for this this sword base uh, to kind of fend off from uh ground intruders um, so you kind of start out in this weird, I don't know, parking lot, courtyard area. Uh, and I remember this being a uh, firefight mission map. And so I was really familiar with it, and I kind of I buzzed through it pretty quickly. Because uh, it is one of those things, like, once you are you know where you're going and where to get the high ground or where to find decent weapons, you can kind of run through it pretty quick. But then you you clear your way through this first courtyard and you move into kind of a little bunker and you come across who oh, I don't even remember target locator is that what it's called? Yep. Yeah. So it's uh, very much Hammer of Dawn like, which for those who haven't played Gears of War, uh, it's you basically call in art an artillery artillery barrage from space. Actually, I don't know if this calls it in from space or what. Yeah, it feels like it's from space. Yep. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, you pinpoint a small location and hold it, hold the trigger there for two seconds, and it charges a bar, and then all of a sudden, giant, I don't know, you know, 90, 150 millimeter bullets rain from the sky and just absolutely destroy that small circle. It's it's super satisfying. It will kill anything and everything in that spot. Yeah. It is. Awesome. Watching it take out a tank, a wraith tank, for the first time, it's like, yep. oh, well, I'm gonna have a lot of fun with this. <laughs> right. So you uh, you you bounce out of that little bunker, and then yeah, there's two wraiths, kind of putzing around, lobbing shells at you, and you can kind of blow them up with that. Or, um, I think I blew one up, and I kept one round in the target locator because it has two charges, I guess. Um, and I killed the other wraith. Uh, and then it pretty much it it opens up similarly to the original Halo Halo mission, 
um, where you can kind of choose which direction you want to go for whatever goal you want to accomplish. So there's kind of two things. You can either, I think it's fix the, the comms array or fix the, uh, like an anti air battery. Is that right? Yep. 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 Either gonna, yeah, fix them both because it's your anti air battery. You're not taking out one, which is kind of the standard Halo yep. 3 thing, keep taking out enemy anti air. This is right. get yours online to take out the you know, Covenant Force Covenant. Yeah, yep. And so, yeah, Covenant have kind of taken over those areas. Um, and so, yeah, you, you really can kind of choose which way you go. Um, you They supply you with a Warthog? Does a, does a, I feel like I had a Warthog. Like a Pelican swoops in and drops one off, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And so the beauty of having, like, Cat with you, or, like, in Reach in general, it is meant to be, like, you're in a crew. You have, you know, your group of people that you're with. Um, so you, you're guaranteed to have a gunner at, with you at all times. And I mean, I don't know, other Halo games kind of supplied gunners just be like, okay, we're dropping off a Warthog and here's two Marines to go with it. But yeah, on this one, it's Cat is with you at all times, which is kind of cool. I don't know. Similar to like having the Arbiter, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, it's fun too because she actually doesn't die immediately. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that too. She's. You get other gunners, you make it through maybe one or two areas and then they inevitably get blown off the back and then you're back driving around a Warthog with no gun. Right. Um, but yeah, she's a another Spartan and yeah it's really cool always having them with she lived longer than I did most of the time <laughs> yeah yeah she, she she was not at all the weak pin in the weak part of the team <laughs> she holds her own very well which one did you guys end up going to first I went left comms array yeah which okay. I think was comms array yeah okay I went the uh, anti-air uh, spot first Turn uh, left. Always turn left. Always yeah, turn left. Just go right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'll I'll talk about my experience. We'll go to the we went to the the anti air first. Um, and I think I died a couple times. Kind of had the crappy checkpoint thing of like I'm driving in on the warthog and then I'd run up and kill four or five elites and a grunt and then I would get taken out by a dropship or something and then would have to start over at the checkpoint like. It was a little bit of that frustrating thing. Yeah, I don't know the Halo checkpoint problem. I guess. Yeah. Um, but I, that's to be expected in Halo games. Um, but eventually, I did get just fed up with it, and I whipped out my uh, target locator, and I kind of put it at where like a lot of the elites were, and it killed like all of them. It was re- really satisfying. <laughs> Like, it made that part so easy. I just go, oh, okay, they're all dead. Oh, okay, I'll press the button and then move on to the next area. Um, which is the comms array. Uh, and this one is kind of interesting. Like, it's two separate buildings kind of in a little... Little uh, valley. Little valley. I don't know. What was the... Was there a sniper? No. I don't know. I feel like I had a hard time with, like, one guy that kept killing me over and over. But, there was a sniper rifle you could get at the okay. very top of one of the buildings. Yeah. Oh, uh, really? Yep. Yeah, because I went to the top of that one first, which is the second one you need to go to, but there's one up there. So I used the sniper rifle to clear off other one, and then you go over and hit a button, and then Covenant comes back in the way you came. Uh, so you kind of fight your way back to the second one. But yeah, yeah, there is a sniper rifle up on the very top roof. Huh. The... 
the thing that sucked at this one was that there was a uh, a revenant, which I think is a new type of covenant ship, but it's like a mix between it's like a like if a ghost and a wraith had a baby. <laughs> That's a, a perfect description. Yeah. It looks kind of ghost-like, but it's a little bit beefier, but it's not as big as a full wraith tank, but it shoots those like those goddamn concussion shots that, mm-hmm. that kill you almost. Well, the one they the flip a warthog if you get hit by it, right? Yeah. God, so it's it's nimble, and it can flip your warthog. So, or it'll kill you in one shot if they hit you. So you kind of have to like get out of your warthog and go hide in a building, and then take pot shots at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably what gave me the the problem was that guy cruising around with that because there's like two elites in it and it's hard to kill them yeah elites are like they have like three times the health in this game for some reason right yep this is also where i realized that there's fall damage in reach yeah (laughs) that's right because i i you know you're never worried about that master chief you're just jumping off well i guess never mind you can die in master chief too never mind yeah um but yeah i jumped off this Third story roof. After giving my sniper rifle, I hit the ground and I didn't die. But I was like, "Oh, <laughs> don't don't do that again." <laughs> yep. So uh, once you clear out these uh, that area, you flip flip on the switches so you can have the comms array back up. I guess um, you basically then drive back to the bunker where you picked up the uh, targeting assistant thing, whatever. Um, and you have to do a little bit of backtracking, but it makes sense in this game, I guess, like, because the backtracking is so very minor, um, and you're going back inside a, a building, uh, probably the actual Oni sword base, um, and you're introduced to your first pair of hunters in this game. Yeah, these bastards are hard to kill. Yeah, I I feel like every game the hunters get just progressively harder and harder to kill. Like they go, okay, yeah, no, we're 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 gonna make these guys hard. They're kind of meant to be little mini bosses, and in Reach they did a good job. I feel like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was well. Then I also just didn't have much ammo. When I went in there, and I don't know if I had really? missed a, a resupply bin. I feels like yeah. I must have. There were a wow. bunch of shotguns on the wall. Yeah, so I got one of those. I had that, but I didn't have much else. Hmm. If I remember, or I mean, no, never mind. I had a sniper rifle, but I only had like two bullets. Oh, and so I really wanted to make those count. I actually got through this on my first try, which I was very surprised because they are very difficult to kill, but I just kind of was able to avoid them and, and it took a while, but I was able to take them out without dying. I think it took me like four or five tries just because yeah. like my normal strategy for taking out hunters is like get up close so that they charge at you and take a swing and you can normally sidestep out of the way. But the hunters in this game are, they either aren't as dumb. So they'll like, track you when they swing mm-hmm. or they take wider swings or you can't like strafe around them it, right like their swing hitbox seems bigger 
Yep. And and they do more of a like instead of they, they like swing up or something like that at you. So they kind of hit you with the arc going behind them or something. It, it's it's different than the the past games. Right. Which I think is really good because especially in Halo One, the swing was painfully predictable. Where really after you played it one time, you're like, okay, hunters aren't a big deal anymore. Even if you didn't have a pistol, mm-hmm. you know, because you could just, you know, it wasn't really that hard. So yeah. Yep. Yeah, you move through the base, um, and then you kind of come out into this little opening. And there's a whole bunch of rockets, and there's a whole bunch of banshees, and a uh, specter flying around, right? Phantom. Yeah, Phantom. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so the whole, the last little thing that you have to do is kind of shoot down all of these banshees and uh, everything else that's flying. I think I ended up like picking up a rocket launcher, giving it to a marine, picking up another rocket launcher, give it to. <laughs> <a marine. laughs> yeah. And so that part went really quickly. I kind of remember that strategy more because it's so. <laughs> It's like cheating. It's like oh, cheating. It right. But <laughs> I got to remember to do that more. <laughs> it's also really satisfying just watching these two random Marines that you found just mow down everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And so then kind of cuts to a cutscene after you finish off all the flying things of here comes two... Uh, longbow ships, air, airplanes, whatever. Long swords. Long swords, flying up behind the the Covenant Cornet, Corvette, and then all of a sudden it gets blown the hell up out of a mat or from a Mac cannon from above. Mm-hmm. And it's a like a badass looking explosion. Very very well done. Then you go and see Halsey, mm-hmm. which is kind of she is the creator of the Spartan program. Hmm. She oversaw a lot of the training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which it's interesting. Like she's not some big beefcake military something. She's just like a scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's heavily invested in this military program, but her, she herself probably has never shot a gun. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe she has. Yeah, but just picture, yeah, old ass lady. She's talking to kind of the Spartans, and they they pretty much, or she pretty much says, "Well, why did you let the elites, you know, get away? Because you let one of the elites get away, right?" Yeah. And she yep. kind of reveals that that was the the Zealot Squad, Zealot Squad, that just about every uh, planet they go to, they they send like a little secret squad to uncover any of the artifacts. Uh, you know, Forerunner artifacts. And once they do, they kind of get their information, then they pretty much come and glass the planet. And so that was pretty much her saying, hey, you should have killed those guys. You could have maybe saved the planet. Um, Or at least slowed them down a little bit. She's very cold. Like, right away. You know, you can tell she's just very calculated and cold. And they, you know, the just like, yeah, like that, why'd you let it get away? Like, well... <laughs> It was kind of hard, man. Like, we we got two out of three. Nope, you guys suck. Yep, yep. yep. Oh, and she's she's got the same voice as Cortana. Because mm-hmm. she made Cortana. That was one of her things. Man, she did a lot of things. Like, 
She designed, helped design the Mjolnir suits. She helped select candidates for the Spartan 2 project. I'm pretty sure she was the one who picked Master Chief. But uh, they... What's funny is that George calls her mom. Yeah. Because he's he's just a giant big big boy. Big teddy bear. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of them... Well, I think he says ma'am, but it sounds like mom. He's kind of the only... They didn't well, have he's his like parents. British too, so yeah, yeah. Well, she talks about how it's his, it's her armor, or like she at least like configured his armor because it definitely can't be hers because she's <laughs> tiny. <and he's laughs> big. Right. But you know, there's definitely a personal connection there because she makes a comment about what have you done with my armor. So yeah, they they definitely have a history. Yep, but she doesn't give she doesn't give two shits about the the scientists who got killed. No. No. Not at yeah, all. it's very cold. Go get that thing back. About it. Yep. One well, she she does make reference that the one of the professor referred to a latchkey discovery. And she says you want to use that word lightly. Um, let's hope the data module your lieutenant commander stole contains it. And then they kind of look at cat, and I was like, yeah, I know you took it. Um, she says this is classified one. I could have sent to the brig for interfering with my work. And then, yeah, Carter tells her to try and like, hey, we're in our winter contingency. You got to listen to us. And she's basically like, fuck you. <laughs> I do what I want. You're like, oh, well, OK, I guess we'll go do stuff. <laughs> she's, she's pretty rude. She's a rude dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she's very in charge and she does not care what this guy says. She's going to maintain that. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's an interesting interaction. That's for sure. All right. So then this starts out the the next mission called Nightfall. So um, if the previous mission was basically the the reimagining of the second mission in the original Halo game, this is the reimagining of the silent cartographer. Nope. Nope. Truth and Reconciliation. There you go. Got it in two. I was thinking silent cartographer because... The only reason why there isn't a silent cartographer is because there is no cartographer because it's not on a halo. So they just skipped it and went right on to truth and reconciliation. (laughs) So you are uh, in this mission. You're paired with June, the sniper guy, and you are up in the cliffs um, investigating or I guess. There's like a little briefing that happens on your way to this little cliffside where you're told that there's a dark zone in a in a covenant occupied region of the of the planet and you are sent there with June to investigate what happened or like why there are no signals coming in and out of that place. So you're on this like cliffside and you're like you know, scooching along and you've got a sniper rifle. And June says he hands you a bunch of like uh, sniper rounds, uh, which is interesting because this just like in Truth and Reconciliation, you you get to carry more sniper rounds in this mission than you would normally for a sniper rifle. I think normally you get like 16 rounds Mm -hmm. and in this one you get like something like 50 or whatever. Yeah, you get a whole bunch. Yeah. 
Um, and he says something really, when he said it, it sounded cool. And then I thought about what he said. It was like, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. Um, he hands you the bullets and he says, yeah, you may need these. They're high velocity, armor piercing, and they'll take the hat off an elite at 2,000 yards. So I was like, 2,000 yards? That's like five miles, isn't it? <laughs> no. It's one mile? Mile and a quarter. Oh, thank God. All right. So I did the math. In my head, I was like, five miles? That's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> mile and a quarter. That makes more sense. Yeah. Um, but also, that's a fucking lie. Uh, I mean, if your elite is wearing three hats, maybe they'll take all three of the hats off uh, if you shoot them all, because the headshots don't count for shit in the sniper rifle on, on heroic. <laughs> right. There, there's only like one like level of elites, and it's like the lowest level that you can kill them in one shot with a headshot. Otherwise, it takes two to three shots. Yep. So it's it's just like what is the point? Because as soon as you shoot, you you alert them of your presence, and then shit pops off. Well, that was uh, I was gonna make a a point on this mission too of the AI in this game. I feel like is worse than other games. Hmm. Um, they do less flanking and they do less like moving as a group. I mean they they stick together, but like the elites just kind of are just standing around mm-hmm. and they have the the sixth sense of the scope is on me i need to dodge or i need to move like yeah they can be standing there for a minute and as soon as you scope up on them they're gonna start running one way or another and it's just, just like strafe back and forth in in cover which kind yeah of- and it's erratic and it doesn't make sense and like this is one one time that i've kind of had a complaint about the ai in halo that it's just it's cheap like it's it's not rewarding. the 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 stuff they can dodge is just like they gamified their ability to avoid your fire, which yeah. isn't fun. Like that's, I don't know. That's my little complaint, I guess. Yeah, yeah. they shouldn't be omniscient. Yeah, I hadn't noticed that in game. I know, I just knew I was getting frustrated, but now that you say it, that is exactly what I was getting frustrated at. Because yeah, if you even when you like disengage and hide and like they shouldn't know that you're looking at them, they just start moving around then. Like, what? No. Right. I did a real good job getting away and sneaking up and I should be able to take this guy out. Like, just because yeah. he's in fire. Like, but. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It would be, they, like I said, they'd just be standing there for like a minute, not looking or not moving. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you, you scope up on them. They go, Ooh, I'm going to start running around. Like, it's yeah. just. Let us get the jump on them. If you know, and it's meant to be a stealth mission, and they actually give you uh, the invi- invisibility uh, power up pretty early oh, on. I feel like I did not find it. I knew I it was on either. there, but I, I ran right past it. Then oh, yep, no, yeah, I picked it up. And but even then, like I'm invisible, and they're still running around like they like <laughs> they can sense it. Yeah, there's one time they did the opposite, but it had the same effect, right? Where it was still like. This was not good AI because I I got a headshot on him and he just did not react. He just took it in the forehead and just kept and he was like kind of looking at me. So it it felt like he was like "fuck you, do it again." And then he didn't move, so I put another one in and it just broke his shield. And then he moved before I could get like the kill shot on him. 
But it, yeah, <laughs> it kind of just reiterated like these guys are really tough. <laughs> and the sniper rifle headshot is kind of meaningless because mm-hmm. it really felt like he was just staring at me like you just keep shooting me all you want. It's not going to matter. <laughs> yeah. So basically you get a shitload of bullets and then June splits off from you right away for some reason. Uh, so you you like jump down the cliff and you sneak up to um, a an elite that's just like standing, uh, begging to be assassinated. And um, uh, this is where I remembered that they introduced like the assassination animations, where if you hold down the melee button when you assassinate, you do a cool like take out your knife and stab them in the neck, or you like snap their neck with your hands type thing so it like zooms out to a third person view and you can see a cool assassination animation which is like extra special when you do it in multiplayer because you really have to go out of your way to do it but yeah so this is basically just like truth and reconciliation you are doing nighttime sniping um, in a dark canyon I chose to avoid a lot of these groups because in the previous mission, when I had the sniper rifle, uh, that's when I discovered that shooting elites in the head didn't do anything. Uh, So I was like, fuck that. I'm not shooting any of these elites. I'm just going to run away from them or sneak past them. So, I mean, it's cool that they let you basically sneak past two or three different patrols. But then eventually you end up getting to another sort of like human a little base of operations so there's a couple of structures and some like forklifts and whatnot so like a little warehouse thing um and there's like some jetpack elites that are all standing on top of a building and there's no way of of, like sneaking past these guys so you have to like have a fight in front of everybody which yeah i don't know like the guns the sniper rifle, because it doesn't like kill things in one shot, it feels like you're. It's helpful enough that you kind of want to keep it around, but then you, when you have to land two headshots to kill somebody, it just does not feel good. Right. But you. Yeah. But I always felt like I needed to have it because, like, oh, this is this dark, sneaky, snipey mission, so I'd better keep this around. Mm-hmm. And they keep yeah. giving you ammo for it, so why not? But I I did a lot of like peeking my head out, taking a couple of pot shots, and then running around a building, back into cover, and then getting my shields back, and then poking my head out to shoot some more, which is fine for grunts, but it's really hard to kill elites that way because they'll just get their shields back. I don't know what like did you guys keep your sniper rifle the whole time or no? Yeah. I would drop it to find something else, but then there was always so much ammo or another sniper rifle sitting around that I inevitably would keep getting it back. But mm-hmm. no, I didn't keep the whole time. I I really enjoyed the DMR in this. Yeah. Which um we actually haven't talked about yet, the, the mm-hmm. DMR. Um it's kind of like the new battle rifle, but instead of burst fire, it's single fire. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. I I really like the DMR a lot. It, it feels kind of like the battle rifle, but it, it, I don't know. It, it feels improved, maybe. Because um, you can, like one shot grunts if you get a headshot, and mm-hmm. 
I don't know. It's it just it really feels good. I really like it. Yeah, it's basically like the Halo One pistol, but it makes sense because it's a, you know, it's not a sidearm anymore. It's like a a, a rifle, actual rifle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I honestly, I think I prefer the the battle rifle, which like I'm sure, damage wise, they're probably the same, but right. The the battle rifle shoots a little bit faster, and it's easier to land a headshot on like grunts and jackals and that kind of stuff when you have three bullets too. Like right, you yeah. can almost strafe your shot, and mm-hmm. you're pretty likely to have like one of the bullets connect with the head, kind of thing. Right. Although I think the DMR has got some amount of like bullet penetration. Yeah, because there were a couple of times where I kill, I would kill two grunts with one shot. Um, just out of pure luck, they did add. Was it in this game that they added the the bloom, the like the on your shots? So if you repeatedly shoot your weapon as like as fast as you can, it becomes less accurate. The more you do, I think that was four. No, they added it to. The, I mean, it's in this game. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice. So I wasn't sure if they added it in three or if they added it in this one. But I think um, it's this one. I want to say right. it's this one. So that's it makes it a little bit more inconvenient to just like rip shots constantly with your DMR because it you you inevitably start missing or you get like body shots and body shots don't feel good on grunts. Right. Well and it also it just makes it even harder, right? So everything they did was to make this game more difficult and like Blaine said, with the battle rifle, you can kind of just swing over to a grunt's head, and you can get a headshot. And I, yeah. I, I kept trying to do that same motion with the DMR, and it doesn't work because you only got one. And so mm-hmm. that makes it harder. And then when you're trying to, yeah, rip a lot of rounds at the same time, the bloom is making it harder still. And it's like, oh yeah. man, I really got to like dial this in and be a lot more tactical than I am used to. <laughs> Because it's yeah, yeah, amped up. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah, just to kind of move things along in the level, you 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 kill a bunch of you. So you kill that group of Covenant, and you go further into that building complex, and there's a couple more. There's another group of Covenant, and this one kind of sucks because there's like this water tower that's up in the middle, where there was an elite that I couldn't quite see. And he kept just shooting at me and knocking me out of my my zoom, made it inconvenient. But so it's just like another small firefight of Covenant, and you keep going down your trail, um, and you get to this weird opening in the canyon where there's these two giant like I don't know what they're like furry rancors from. Uh, <laughs> From Star Wars. Yeah. They're like giant sloth things that are real pissed. They're very angry. Yeah. So you, you like come up on them and you're hearing like gunfire and you look into there and there's like Covenant getting just massacred by this thing. Uh, the first time I, cause I died the first time this, this thing clocked me from a mile away. It saw me coming. As soon as I poked my head and looked, it looked right at me and just chased me. 
there was no sneaking. But and then the second time they got distracted on June and uh, just whooped his ass while I ran away. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to not kill him right away. For some reason I thought you could like get by them without killing them. Oh, I didn't yeah, I, kill him. I tried to sneak through. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I tried to sneak through, and then I got murdered, and then I was like, oh, well, enough of that. And then I found out that the sniper rifle is actually pretty effective if you put it on their on their domes. Really? Man, the first time where it just, like, fucking homed in on me right away, I was backpedaling and shooting it in the head with the sniper rifle, and it didn't die. Maybe, maybe my game broke. Well, also, it, it was like an unkillable tank. Mine were kind of split up, and so me and June were both sniping it. Mm. And so between the two of us, I mean, it wasn't like one shot or anything like that, right? It, it took four or five, probably each, but it was still kind of distracted with the Covenant. I think it got kind of hung up on a rock, and so we could take them out, especially with the focused fire on both of us. It wasn't, it wasn't too bad. I didn't yeah. want to kill them. I don't know why I felt bad. Until they were dead, and then I saw like their claws that are as long as your body, and I was like, okay. I think I was supposed to kill this thing. It was a weird, like, I just stood on top of a rock and, yeah, just killed them, and they kind of stood there looking at me like, oh, you gonna kill me? <laughs> and I felt bad, but, like, yeah, yeah, yeah when I tried to jump down, they tried to murder me. I go, well, okay, I guess it's you or me, buddy. Hmm. <laughs> I used the hologram. Oh, yeah, the hologram. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they failed. It's it's really effective in campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can send out a little well, yeah, hologram of yourself running in a direction, and you can sneak away the other one. What's really mm-hmm. nice, too, is, is, there, is the uh, recharge time. Because basically, as soon as the hologram disappears, you can launch another one almost immediately. Yeah, you hear that, Apex Legends? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so you keep going down the path, and you come up on this, like, uh, they call it a pump station, but it's sort of at, like, the end of a a dry waterbed and um, another complex of buildings. And there are some some locals, local militia people fighting off uh, Covenant. So you go there, and you help them out, which is, it's a bit more involved this time around because there's some phantom dropships that drop a couple waves of dudes and there's, so there's um, all, sorts of, all sorts of fun, but there's like rocket launcher, uh, stuff that you can pick up. Um, you know, you get more sniper ammo and all that. So they, you, you get quite a bit of equipment to do this fight. I don't think I died on this one. This is where like, I think I paused the game. Because uh, I was playing while I was supposed to be working, then I came back the next day and finished it. So, <laughs> um, I kind of lost a little bit of the continuity here, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was—it's a fun. All of the um, areas that you do the firefights in are fun in this level, but because I—I I felt like I had to keep the sniper rifle around, they were a bit of a slog. I ran into the same problem that Blaine was saying. Like, I would run out of ammo a lot in my because I only was using one gun besides my sniper rifle. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you guys ever use... So another new gun uh, to this game is like the needle rifle? Yeah, that thing's awesome. Yeah. So it's like the carbine, 
Um, it shoots just as fast as the carbine, but uh, it's like a, it has a little needler effect where if you land enough uh, shots on unshielded targets, they blow up, which is super nice because you can just do body shots on people. Right. Yeah. I swear it's like three uh, is enough to cause the super combine or the explosion mm-hmm. on grunts. Yeah, on grunts, it's only three. So. Mm-hmm. You, you don't feel terrible about not hitting him in the head. So I just would shoot from the hip a lot. I wouldn't bother zooming in. So yeah. I need to do that with it more because I would always keep it zoomed in. But yeah, I guess, yeah, you don't really have to. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the nice thing about, well, I mean, now that they've added sort of the weapon bloom, it's a little bit tougher. But in Halo, you don't need, like, you don't really get anything from zooming in. Like you don't become more, your shots don't get more accurate. Like, um, you know, in call of duty or whatever, if you just shoot from the hip, uh, it's far less accurate than if you aim down sights. Right. But in halo, it's just as accurate shooting from the hip as it is looking down the scope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just giving you that zoom, not mm-hmm. actual increased accuracy. Right. So, anyway. Plus, if you're getting shot at, as soon as you get hit, it knocks you out of your zoom. So it's almost, you know, harmful to be zoomed in on those firefights sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, you kill all the Covenant, uh, you talk to the militia guy, and you find out that they've got some, like, stolen UNSC weapons. uh, But they let you borrow them, and then they tell you... I really like that interaction on there. He's like, yeah, we've got these hidden all around, and he opens it up, and then one or yeah, June's like, uh, this stuff is stolen, and he's like, what? You gonna arrest me? He goes, no, I'm gonna steal it back. Yeah, it's just really short, but I just yeah, I really enjoyed that kind of brief thing there. It just it was mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. So eventually, they tell you about a road, or uh, yeah, they say there's a road going up to the hydro plant. Um, but the gate doesn't work, so then they're so like, yeah, we use the riverbed to smuggle rations and weapons and you know, all sorts of stuff. So then they, they show you to the riverbed, and you sure enough, it you get to the hydro plant. So this is, God, it's not even like the last bit of the, uh, of the mission. So uh, it's basically just like a dam with a river flowing through it and uh, some little facilities there and you see this giant covenant it kind of looks like um they're anti-air guns but there's no like big turret on the top so it's just this big pylon type thing and there are a lot of elites and stuff guarding it so a cat tells you to put a remote charge on it and then they'll blow it up at a later date so you and June sneak up to up to it. I, I managed to assat, like stealth assassinate all of the... There was a bunch of sleeping grunts on the top of the dam and an, an elite patrolling on it. So I got all the way up to the pylon without alerting anybody. But then fucking June got trigger happy as soon as we got to the pylon and started <laughs> shooting people. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I feel like June messed me up. A couple times too, like yeah, you kind of get to that new area and you're like, okay, I'm gonna be sneaky, and all of a sudden just starts popping off. It's like, come on, man, you're supposed to be the sniper guy. Yeah, 
I could have easily taken the, the all the guys out on the top of the dam without having to assassinate everybody. Right. But it would have been nice to be able to like stealth assassinate a few of those elites in right. the in like the dam buildings proper. But oh, June had to ruin it for me. <laughs> you had to get going. Mm-hmm. So you you clear out all the guys in the dam building, and um, this is another firefight level, I think, because it remind like I I could remember. Um, bits and pieces of it. As soon as you kill everybody, June goes up to the pylon, puts his detonator charge on it, and uh, that brings in a couple of phantoms. So you get two more hunters, and then a bunch of stealth elites. Um, but those these fucking dropships, they were super annoying because there are a couple of little like plasma turrets on the top of the pylon. You should be able to just shoot at the hunters as they come in. Um, but the the dumb uh, dropships would kill me. So, like, I was determined to, like, I'm going to sit on this turret and I'm going <laughs> to kill some hunters. So I think I died maybe four or five times just trying <laughs> to will my way. But No, I, I abandoned the turret right away and just kind of kept moving through the buildings until everyone was kind of cleared out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The dropships they hurt so much. They do. Mm-hmm. They're no joke. Pretty sure I ran out of ammo trying to kill the hunters and then I just June gunned them down for me or something. I <laughs> it was, I was just kinda standing there like I was searching like I oh, I have a plasma pistol. I guess I can shoot at you. I don't know. <laughs> Super helpful, June. Mm-hmm. You were just complaining about him too. <laughs> he can be helpful. Today. Anyway, so yeah, June he sneaks the the debt charge inside of the power supply of the pylon, so they can't see it. And then, I mean, what the fuck do you end up doing here? So then you go through some gate, and you just end up having to do more and more like killing Covenant. Uh, except now they've got like turrets uh, lined up to kill you <clears throat> and banshees and uh god i don't even know like is that it like you just you just end up killing your way to the end of the cliffs and that and yeah you get to a cutscene where you and june like crawl to the edge of the cliffs and you can see that there's just like <clears throat> a shitload of covenant down on the ground out in front of you like the it's dark and just in the distance is like purple lights. Sort of like if you ever seen movies where, you know, they're they're scouting the enemy camps and it's just campfires as far as the eye can see. It's basically like purple campfires yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So June says, that's no strike force. It's an invading army. Bum, bum, bum. Yep. That's the end. Fade yeah. to black. Recon teams disengage, fall back. Sound up a few hours. It's going to be a busy day. Um, fuck, this is going long. You got any final thoughts? We're already at like an hour and a half. Boy. Um, final thought. I, I really like how they start the game. I like how you get a little bit, like each mission, you know, and obviously it's supposed to get you kind of familiar with the different people on the squad, 
I like that they split you up. You can kind of dig into who these characters are a little bit, so it gets you actually invested in them. Um, they do a very good job of that in a very short amount of time. And it does feel like... Because they want you to play as a squad, and I think that's part of the reason for the increased difficulty, right? Because you, you have to kind of play more like that, or at the very least, much more tactical, because you it doesn't seem any way like you can just quote-unquote master chief it and then just you know run out and mow everything down i would say that this is probably more in line like the the survivability that you guys were expecting in odst right yeah i'd say so yeah maybe let's see that feels right minus the shields yeah you feel like less of a one-man wrecking machine mm-hmm well, I think it goes back to what they, they say in the cutscene of the first one, right, where Carter tells you that lone wolf stuff isn't going to cut it here. And I think that was, you know, half to the character and also partially to the player. Like, this is a different game. Like, it's going to play different and it's supposed to play different. It felt, it felt like that's how I took it. it. It felt like a double meaning where he was actually talking to you um, when he said that. Yeah. Um, it, this game is basically just a knowing that it's it was Bungie's last shot at making a Halo game. It feels like they've done their best to like take all of the things that people liked about the past games and combine them into like a a really good sort of reimagining of the original Halo. Like this game is like the Halo formula distilled to its best pieces so far. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, it's fun, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Totally. Um, I was also looking, Dave. You're you're kind of right. Where uh, the the noble company, uh, noble team, <clears throat> non reach, is part Spartan twos and part Spartan threes. Like noble six himself is a part uh, Spartan three. Ooh. I think Cat is a Spartan three. Hmm. Um. So that explains why, I don't know, kind of explains. I mean, George has like a British accent. He's a Spartan too. And, and I don't know, Emil is a Spartan 3. I don't know. So it's like, yeah, they all have their own accents. And that's obviously to be like, you know, these are their own characters. They're not all just the same sounding dudes. Yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't really realize. And that's why... George is the only one that calls her mom because I think the Spartan 3s kind of had a different upbringing than the Spartan 2s. Hmm. Hmm. That's probably why he has more respect for her than the others. Exactly. Right. The other ones are just like, "Eh, get out of here, old woman. Yeah, they're just annoyed with her, whereas he is respectful, but with a layer of intimidated. Yeah, right. Right? I do really enjoy that it's instead of you pushing into covenant buildings and you you know doing that for the whole game i really like the defending your own bases and pushing through covenant to get back to your bases um it's a different feel than all the other ones because those ones you know you're master chief you're on a crazy ring world and you're pushing into all this unknown stuff and yeah. this is your house that they're coming into right. and they do a good job of making it feel like that yeah they're also doing a good job of like even with every win that you have it's like 
oh man, another big bad thing's coming your way. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Like it's inevitable what's going to happen. But yep. you you still well, mo- partly because you want to play a video game and the other part because they're telling a good story is like you still push forward and you get a little bit of hope. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I felt. And, you know, without, I guess we, we kind of know where the game's going to end by how they, I mean, they, they tell you, I guess. But I remember playing it for the first time and I had hope through the whole thing up until the actual very end. That was like maybe something happens where that helmet in the ground at the crack you know, it's not what I think it's going to be. But yeah, they, the impending doom the whole time is, is very well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very uh, military and like you, yeah, you're going to go out guns a-blazing. I, it's a cool tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very. I'm very excited. This, this is, it's holding up just how I remember it so far. It's been, I'm looking forward to playing this more. Um, but yeah, so this week we're going to play Tip of the Spear, which, yeah, the, the cutscene for this next one and how it starts is so, so damn cool. Um, Long Night of Solace and Exodus. So, yeah, we'll get going on to that. Uh, jump in and play some Halo Reach of this. If you've never played this game, yeah, yeah, you absolutely should. It's it's great and it's a really good time. But we'll get uh, we'll get cracking on that and... We'll see y'all next week. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye, Craig.